it's definitely having a team that works well together that really truly has fun on the job is amazing. And immutable laws are you kind of get back to mission, vision, purpose, all of that kind of stuff. And it's really hard for an entrepreneur to kind of articulate that because we don't work side by side with other entrepreneurs in our same industry. You work hard in your business. On the Profit by Design podcast, we ask the big question, what has your business done for you lately? Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Starling, the business psychologist, the author of How to Hire the Best, and your co-host on the Profit by Design podcast. Weekly, my co-host, Mike Bruno, and I bring you tips, tools, and strategies from our own experiences and from the experiences of our guests, who are entrepreneurial thought leaders and real-life entrepreneurs, all to support you in making intentionally profitable and sustainable business decisions to live the lifestyle you desire. Profit designers, if you're like most small business owners, you probably dread having to hire employees. And it may be because you've had that experience where an applicant looks really great on paper and they interview well, you bring them in, and within a week, you are beating your head against the wall, wondering what went wrong. Surprisingly, the traditional hiring process that we believe we're supposed to follow actually sets us small business owners up to mishire 75% of the time. It's not your fault. There's a better way to hire and you need to learn it because mishiring is entirely too costly. For the last 10 years, I have been helping my clients, small business owners, hire the best in their business. And I didn't always have the answers. I saw my clients struggle with warm bodies and trying to make do with those warm bodies in their business. And then one morning I woke up with this powerful question in my head. What if it's not true that we have to make do with warm bodies in these small businesses? What if it's not true that because we're a small business owner, we can't attract top performing team members to our business? With those questions, I set out on a mission to uncover what small business owners are doing to attract A players to their team. I went looking for small business owners with A players on their team, and I interviewed them about how they attracted them. With that information, I compiled the How to Hire the Best system, which I featured in the How to Hire the Best book series. Now, I'm going to teach this to you in the How to Hire the Best course. That's right. The How to Hire the Best course is launching this February. February 4th is the deadline. And let me give you a sneak peek of what we'll be doing in this course if you choose to join us. When you join the How to Hire the Best course, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to become an employer of choice, to consistently attract a steady stream of A players chomping at the bit to work for you so that you can grow your business while freeing up more and more of your time. And we'll be doing this together. You're going to have my support, guidance, and feedback every step of the way. At Tap the Potential, we know that small steps forward taken in a consistent direction lead to big change over time. And in the How to Hire the Best course, I will be guiding you in taking those simple actions that will have a big impact toward making you an employer of choice for the A players you want to attract for your team. 
So to find out more and to get registered, go to tapthepotential.com forward slash course. Profit Designers, today our guest is someone I've had the joy of watching grow and develop their business over the last five, maybe six years. Andrea Walker is a certified professional organizer who is passionate about helping her clients. As owner of Smartly Organized, a professional organizing firm headquartered in New Jersey, Andrea and her team have been helping discerning clients accomplish their organizing goals since 2010. Her company specializes in offering sanity-saving solutions to keep you on track before, during, and after your move. With her proprietary Smart Move system, her team will declutter, organize, and stage your home for a quick and profitable sale, and then make your new house a home in a as little as one day. Her attention to detail and high level of service set her apart from her peers, making her your trusted partner. A smartly organized move is the smartest move you will ever make. Andrea has been quoted in various publications, appeared on the TV show Hoarders Buried Alive, and was interviewed on NBC's home improvement show, House Smarts TV, where her work organizing 250 pair of boots and shoes was featured in a segment. Prior to launching her own firm, Andrea held senior positions in risk management at various well-known financial institutions. With that, let's join our conversation with Andrea. Andrea, welcome back to the Profit by Design podcast. Thank you. So excited. This is going to be a really fun conversation because Mike and I have gotten to work with you and get to know you and watch your business grow, I think probably over the last five years. Maybe. Yes. Will this be my fourth retreat? So this would be your fourth retreat coming up. So four-time alumni at the retreat. I know. That's amazing. So we're talking to you today because you are featured and your business, Smartly Organized, is featured as a case study in the new How to Hire the Best book, The Entrepreneur's Ultimate Guide to Attracting Top-Performing Team Members. And Andrea, I really think you just epitomize the struggle that so many of us go through when we think about going from solopreneur and I've built this business and I'm very particular about how I want things done and I want to take really good care of my clients and I can't imagine having someone else come in and what they might do and how they might mess things up and even had some bad experiences. And now you're in a completely different place. So Mike, I'm going to let you share what you, some of the conversations you had with Andrea years ago at the Breakthroughs Retreat on this issue. First off, Andrea, it's so nice to hear your voice. It's been a long time, even though we we're both in New Jersey, right? But with COVID, I guess, you know, once this is over, we could, uh, meet up for lunch or coffee or something. So that would be great. But, you know, I I am very grateful for the time we spent at the retreat. I guess this is probably going back about two and a half or three years ago. And we did share some war stories together and kind of our struggles as business owners and hiring the right people and letting go of those things that we hold so close to ourselves because we think we can do them better, right? So since you and I haven't really connected in quite some time, How's it going for you now? And what has changed for you in the last couple of years with your employees and your business and your mindset around that? Okay. Well, first of all, it is nice to hear your voice. I do hear it occasionally when I, well, more often than not on the podcast, and I would love to get together. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Because we are so close. So I think when I first attended the retreat, I may have had 
one sort of subcontractor that I was working with and with aspirations to grow and expand. And it was maybe not the exact right subcontractor, very good at what she did, but perhaps not my best first hire. And mostly because not from her skills and talent standpoint, but just fit with the culture of who we are and where I am and and how I want my business to grow and change. Since that time, I've had several iterations. I've hired and fired several times. I've had folks leave through attrition and I have now sort of turned over my entire team in the last six months. And I guess, you know, spoiler alert, it's amazing when you have all the right people on your team. The relief and the ability to focus on other things and do more of the stuff that I need to do to grow and develop the business is just life-changing, really, because I can trust the employees that I have now and I can rely on them. And there's a lot that I attribute to just going through the process with Dr. Sabrina and how to hire the best and going through all the different steps of the program. So when you were, I mean, I know for me, you know, and working with Sabrina myself and the framework that she provides in the programs is really instrumental as as I was going through change. And for you, when you had to turn over your employees and keep hiring up, you know, I'm sure there was some anxiety and stress and frustration around it, but how instrumental was just being part of, you know, kind of the hire, how to hire the best group and family and, you know, having that framework around you as you were going through those times. And, you know, maybe you'll go through them again, right? But maybe explain a little bit how that helped you. So I think one of the first things that helped put some structure around my process was going way back to the Mike McCallowitz job ad. I think somebody at retreat and I can't recall who, mentioned that. And I was like, ooh, wait a minute, what's that all about? And I had been, you know, writing a little job description, very, you know, here are the things that you'll do, one through five, and these are the qualities you need. Oh, I need you to be honest and hardworking and reliable and just very, you know, basic blah job description. And I had put that out with some hesitation and not getting a lot of response. And I read or heard about this job ad process and went basically copied and created a job ad that sort of attracted people's attention and got people to, number one, read a very long job ad. And if they got to the bottom and did all the right steps to get through, then I knew that they were really interested in learning more about the position and if they did it right, and you know, I gave very specific steps, and I know Dr. Sabrina, if you've talked about this on your podcast, and I you know, gave very specific steps. If this sounds like you, send me an email, here's the subject line, and tell me a little bit more. So I did that. I got lots of responses as in, you know, click, I'm interested, but nobody followed the directions, which was fabulous because it just weeded out all the people that I didn't need to talk to. And previously I'd been overwhelmed with how do I know that these people are good or bad or whatever? Well, that's one easy way. So we did those people out. If somebody sent me an email and did it right, and one of the girls that works for me to this day did everything right and is still with me and 
that right there was just a huge relief getting to, you know, hundreds of people clicking, yes, I'm interested to, you know, a handful that I could really interview and take to the next level. So that was sort of the first thing. And I realized that I needed to put a little more effort into, you know, finding a job. I had a long corporate career, relied on recruiters for my entire, you know, career in banking. So didn't, and it was also FYI, exactly the way you say it, Dr. Sabrina, it's A players hang together. So, you know, I can look back at all of the jobs that I've gotten either through a headhunter or through connections with other people working at those firms, they've brought me in. So it is, you know, it's not new news or information to me, but I hadn't really thought about applying it to my own business, which is, you know, interesting. Let's pause there and just dig into that a little bit. I've never heard anyone say that, but we all, when we reflect on our own experience, how when we were employed and seeking work, I don't remember reading job ads for my next job. And you're saying you didn't either. You heard about opportunities through your network. And that's how you ended up moving from one position to the next. And so that's what A players do. And you said A players hang together and we network and we move from one opportunity to the next. That's the psychology of A players. And so it's ironic that when we small business owners go to hire, we do all the wrong things. We're just doing what we believe we're supposed to do when you just draft a job ad. And you said, you know, basically a plain vanilla job ad that really didn't stand out. It didn't make your company unique. And the job ad that you're describing that we teach in How to Hire the Best is a style of really leading with uh, questions and asking people to identify themselves. One that we talk about in the book from the Wilkes starts off with, are you a multitasking ninja? That's not your typical job ad. And then they go on to say, are details your jam? Do you do puzzles for fun? The whole job ad itself is probably two pages, if not longer, in Word doc. And then you get to the end, and there's very specific instructions that someone has to follow. And Andrea, you said people didn't follow your instructions, and that's a good thing. And one of the things that we often hear is, I created this big job ad, I've got it out there, and no one's following instructions. And the first feeling is I've done something wrong because I'm not getting responses or people aren't following the instructions. And you said that was perfect because people weeded themselves out. So say more about that. Well, I actually had a few people that thought they could circumvent that and they didn't want to follow the directions, but they did email me separately. And in hindsight, those people don't work for me either anymore. So I did hire them because of, you know, sort of, what they wrote and how they presented themselves, but they also didn't kind of want to go by the little steps and rules that I'd set up. And, you know, a little red flag went, you know, in my back of my head, but still they worked for me for a long time and they were fine. They were good. But I just think it's interesting that, you know, you tell them exactly what to do. And for years I'd had somebody else sort of either a recruiter looking at my resume or getting to know me and presenting me to the employer and telling them all the great things that you can't necessarily find on a resume. And then, you know, same thing with other colleagues of mine saying, oh, Andrea would be great in this position. You should really, you know, hire her. And then having the opportunity to have a conversation. So 
limiting the number of applicants enabled me to have decent in-depth conversations with people and ask them questions, which also needed a little work because I had a corporate background and I've read a lot of hiring books that talked about, you know, tell me about your last, you know, employer and, you know, what did you do there and what were you accomplished and give me, you know, I've written resumes in the past and, you know, you want to quantify and, and tell people, you know, I moved the needle from here to there and I did all of this. And that's not what I'm looking for in my employees. I'm not necessarily looking for somebody like that. And I still had that corporate mentality. So my questions based on my experience in my career, but also based on other books that I was reading were very uncomfortable for me to ask when I was talking to people that were potentially going to work for me because they were just weird and, you know, they didn't resonate with me. And I was having a hard time getting to the information that I needed about the potential employee. So with some help from my, all the coaches that I (laughs) rely on, because there are a few, I created my own set of questions to try and just get to what I'm looking for in the people that I want to work with me. And so the interview process, you know, when weeded out some people now at the interview process and further whittling down, you know, who's a good hire was now a little bit more relevant to what I was doing. And I was feeling more comfortable having those conversations and it was allowing me to sort of get to what I needed to know about the folks that I was hiring. So there, you know, I start off by telling everybody, this is not going to be your normal interview. Some of these questions are going to sound really crazy. You're going to be like, why is she asking me about my laundry process? (laughs) Or, you know, why does she want to know my meal planning and, you know, dinner routine? And to be honest, a lot of the questions came out of sort of what I learned from previous hires and things that, you know, sort of were roadblocks for us and maybe for me, but also just sort of, you know, I need to know how they would handle something on the job. So it was a combination of reacting to previous hiring and realizing that if somebody's got to get dinner on the table every night at five o'clock or their family is going to freak out, then that potentially is going to be a problem for me if we have, you know, a move client where we are unpacking, getting them organized, and we can't just stop mid-box to get home and put dinner on the table. And I'm not suggesting that's a bad thing. I think structure and all of those things are wonderful. And if that's how you run your household, that's great. But I was looking for people that could, you know, bend a little bit and be flexible and, you know, get the support that you know, at home that they need so that they could do a good job for me and for our clients. So I asked a lot of weird questions. Let's talk about this a bit. And I want to share some of the weird questions because we feature them in the How to Hire the Best book for those of you who want Andrea's full list of weird questions that are working for her to attract her A players. You got to these questions, though. There was a process that you went through first, and that was clarifying your ideal team member and thinking through what does this person really look like? How do they act? How do they behave when they're successful at Smartly Organized? And I'm getting great feedback from our clients. What are they doing that's generating that great feedback? And then you worked backward from there to think through the questions, the interview questions. And so I wanna give a nod to that you thought through your immutable laws 
first before you created these questions. So these questions screen for your immutable laws. And I think let's take our profit designers through those a bit. What did you discover about the immutable laws? I know some people hear about immutable laws and they think that's woo-woo. And that's actually the core of what works, what makes this process work. Yes. So they are a little woo-woo because I think, you know, they're actually... You can write them really well if you sit down with a glass of wine and just start writing. (laughs) And I know it sounds crazy, but I do think when I look at, I mean, I remember showing you my immutable laws two retreats ago, maybe, Dr. Sabrina, and you threw up all over them. And you were like, there's some work that can be done here. And they, you know, again, I mean, I've been in my business for a long time, but I hadn't really hired it. I was a solopreneur for, you know, six years working with subcontractors, you know, early on, but employees since then. And, you know, we still had a corporate feel to them. So now they are a little more woo-woo because I have realized the value of, you know, the process. So I've created four immutable laws and I have, you know, lots of detail, as you can imagine, because I'm detailed. I can't rattle them off that off the top of my head because there's a lot that I wrote to support each immutable law. But the first one is radiate positive energy. So basically, you know, our clients are always going through a stressful time. So we ease and meet their demanding situation by being engaged, enthusiastic, and knowledgeable. It's our job to provide relief by being confident, supportive, and optimistic. And then I have some subtopics under those because I can't leave it at that. And this all came out of, you know, lots of experience with my team and sort of thinking, what did I like and what did I not like? So we are powered by a positive outlook. The attitude drives how we work, how we meet challenges, how we communicate everything we do. We don't bring problems to work. We're visibly enthusiastic and happy to be there. We are fearless solution creators. We meet problems and challenge with grit and confidence and look for ways to work smarter. More on that later. Another one of my immutable laws, that's about attitude, positive attitude. And then the next one is about teamwork. Pull your weight, stick together, lend a hand. We are a team and we rise together. We're aware of our surroundings so we can learn from and help each other and our clients. And recently, I've never seen that more, you know, reinforced in my team. You know, it's just crazy how you say it and it happens. So... That gets into my manifesting woo-woo. Yeah, this is woo-woo and it works. So you identified, let's just kind of break this down here. When I threw up all over your immutable laws, the first drafts that you showed me, it was because they were corporate. They felt like aspirational values and there was no life in them. I read them and I felt like this isn't Andrea. This is just sterile. And I want to know who Andrea is because Andrea needs to build a team that she feels proud of. And so our immutable laws really are our own core values. They're how we do life and how you do life was not reflected in those immutable laws in the first round. And so when you said, you know, I could sit down with a glass of wine (laughs) and come up with my immutable laws, it's really thinking about two things. What's going on in your business that's made you proud And I heard you speak to that, that you paid attention to the things that your team members were doing. And that's how you started to develop these immutable laws because you noticed what you felt proud of. And then it's very easy to come up with the other side, which is what's ticked you off lately on the business or in your personal life, because an immutable law has been violated there. So let's figure out what it is. 
and then putting it into our own words, like how we normally say these things in life is that's, you know, letting go of that corporate speak. And we will, there's psychologically using our own language around the immutable laws is very powerful because A players hang together, like attracts like. When we speak something that is meaningful to us and it resonates with other people, you'll see them sit up across the room and they'll go, oh, I like what Andrea is about. And you can see it in their body language. And that was another thing I remember coaching you on the phone in text or something as you were hiring. I said, pay attention to their body language when you talk about these immutable laws. Because if they're showing you interest, it'll be reflected and you'll see the match there. So let's go into your questions now that you ask some of the questions that you ask in the interview. And let's unpack how your immutable laws are woven into these questions. Okay. That's interesting. I got to think about this a little bit. So, you know, just asking, are you typically early, late, or on time? For me, I like to make sure that the whole team is assembled and we're ready to go in and we are like spot on. If we say 930, it's 930. It's not 935 or 932 or whatever. And I, you know, really wanted people to be able to powwow, to be able to share some last minute information about the meeting, uh, about the client rather. So timeliness is really important to me. I figure, you know, basically we're organizers, so we should be organized ourselves and model that behavior. So I asked that question and, you know, people know, and, you know, we can, you know, get a little bit into, tell me an example of, you know, what happened when you were late and what do you think is on time and, you know, is on time, you know, five minutes late or is it, you know, 15 minutes early? So those are the kind of questions I ask around that just as an example. I want to jump in here. Any of your questions that you ask during the interview will pull out immutable laws because that's really what you're listening to when the applicant is responding is what they're saying in alignment with your immutable laws. So, you know, what projects have you done in your home that you're proud of? You're listening for how they tell the stories about what they're doing and your questions that you ask are open-ended questions. They invite storytelling and you have learned how to ask follow-up questions to keep people talking And one of the things that I think is really important for us small business owners to pay attention to is the more people talk, the more they reveal themselves. We can maintain our facade in in a 30-minute interview, but if you get that interview going for 90 minutes and you're asking a lot of follow-up questions and you're digging deeper and deeper, you're getting to the real core of who someone is. One of the best questions I like to ask is, and this goes to a lot of things that I think are really key to a good employee is, you know, if you're at a friend or a family member's home and they, you know, offer you a cup of coffee and you're helping in the kitchen and you open the cabinet and you see, you know, a hot mess in the cabinet, what is your response? Like, how are you feeling at that moment? And I'm looking for the, oh my gosh, I could make this so much better. I really want to help this person. I wish I could just, you know, judge this cabinet and make it great for them because I know they would really, you know, they may not have any idea that it could be so much better than what it is. And I'm really looking for someone that just cannot help themselves almost. It's just their, you know, innate, I got to help this person. I can make it better for them. Not judging, not 
you know, thinking, oh my God, they have so many coffee mugs. Why do they have so many coffee mugs? And they're all mismatched and they're really ugly. And ugh, let me just, you know, move on and close. You know, I want someone that says, you know, kind of even while they're taking the mug out, almost can't help themselves and they do a little rearranging. But in a way that does not make that person, family member, friend, whatever, feel like they've just been, you know, judged or corrected or made to feel bad in any way about their coffee mugs. And that's a fine line. It's really hard sometimes. It is. And what I'm hearing you say is you're really assessing for a a natural inborn gift or talent in that situation. Somebody who is a natural organizer and who is also naturally caring about other people. Those two coming together is what you're looking for. And they will see that someone else has a struggle and they have a gift that they can help with and they, they are offering it in a helpful way, not in a judgy, like, oh, right. you can't get your coffee mugs organized kind of way. And that's how you are. That's how you show up. I've experienced that. We've had the retreats here in my home and you have given me feedback at, on things that we could do to make things flow better at the retreats. And I never experienced it, Andrea, as judgmental. I always felt Andrea cares She wants to help us improve and she has something to offer. And that's what you're looking for in your team members. So that's the piece around we want to build this team that is like us in that way of the immutable laws and also very different from us because we don't want to build mini me's everywhere. We have our own blind spots. So I'm curious, Andrea, what have you done to support yourself in having people on your team who can do things better than you in the areas that are not fun for you or that you don't enjoy or that don't come easy for you? I have no problem stepping away if somebody else can do it better than I can at this moment in time. I've come a long way from being able to delegate and let other people do for me. You know, my team is now saying things like, well, you know, I'm apologizing for not showing up at a job like literally yesterday. And they're like, well, why should you? That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be here doing it for you. Or I asked somebody to, to, you know, make a reservation for something and they have to ask me a bunch of questions and they apologize because they think they really haven't taken anything off my plate. And when somebody gets that that's the whole point of having employees, it's amazing. You know, they're not just punching in and punching out. So I definitely have everyone on my team can has wonderful talents that they bring to the table that I am not nearly as good at as they are. And that's the really great thing. One of them is very patient with older senior citizens. So we're not exclusively focused on senior citizens. And that is because I am more a get it done, speedy kind of person. Let me just muscle my way in there and take over for you sometimes. And so that doesn't always work well with seniors. And I've got someone on my team that handled a job flawlessly without me while I was dropping my son off at college. And we're still laughing because he would, you know, he still calls and asks me for her phone number. And, you know, the whole time he was like, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he would, you know, sort of, thank you, Stephanie. Oh, and you too, Andrea. (laughs) You know, so... And I'm like, you know, she's apologizing. And I'm like, no, that's exactly what I want. I want them to be like thinking that, you know, 
you're the best and that you're awesome and that they can rely on you. And I, you know, walked away from that whole experience thinking, okay, well, I got to make sure this person stays, realizes, you know, the importance, the value that she brings to the table. So she got a raise. Good. I mean, that's amazing to get that kind of feedback that your clients and others who've experienced your team feel like they are the best. And I hear from you, you're feeling like you can finally be away from the business. You don't need to be running everything and right in the middle of it. I know at the retreat, when everyone makes the four-week vacation pledge, you've always been the most reluctant (laughs) to make the four-week vacation pledge because you haven't been able to picture that as a possibility. And now I'm starting to hear, like, you're already stepping away. You're making this happen. I don't know if I'm going to be ready for the four-week vacation yet, but there's a lot of other considerations. It's not just my team, but yes, no, I'm definitely all about letting go. And, you know, I still enjoy very, very much being on site with a client and I still do a lot to plan and make the projects happen. But I know that I have a team that's very engaged and very caring. And sometimes I have to pull them away and say, okay, enough is enough. And they're just, they want to keep going in a good way. I mean, they understand that it's a business. They understand that they, you know, can't just, you know, be there forever. They've got to get the job done. So from that standpoint, we talk a lot about one of the things, you know, my immutable laws is, you know, we're called smartly organized. How can we get smarter? So we talk about that a lot in our team meetings, which, you know, I hadn't really done consistently. And, you know, COVID kind of, we were, I don't know, we had, COVID was great because I, nobody was going anywhere. So we did a lot of team meetings, but it's a little bit harder now that we are, you know, back fully engaged and working. And so our team meetings don't happen as regularly as I would like, but I have found that they are far more productive and interesting and entertaining. And I walk away not feeling like I just talked at, you know, four people that were just kind of like, you know, relaxing on their sofa. I had people nodding and engaging and adding comments and making suggestions and telling me, you know, what went well and what we could do better. And, you know, we just keep asking the question, how can we get smarter? What can we do? What do we learn from that experience? So they're engaged, they're listening and they're wanting to learn. And that is, you know, a major, major milestone. Absolutely. It's a big pain point for many of us business owners when we hold team meetings and we feel like we're just doing a monologue and we ask questions and we get the deer in the headlights look from the team members and no input. And we feel like we end up just telling people what to do, even though we know we're supposed to be getting input and it feels like this big, big mess. And so one of the things that you're describing is that you hired around an immutable law of how do we work smarter And that underneath that, I hear, you know, we're learners and mistakes are learning opportunities and we want to always be improving. And so you've hired people who embrace that already. You're not having to teach them how to do that. They already come to you embracing that. And so when you're asking that now and you're asking that question consistently over and over and over, I'm going to guess, I'm going to venture that the first few times that you asked it, the quality of the responses wasn't all that great. You had to keep persisting. Yes, absolutely. You know, I wouldn't get a lot of response at all because nobody had really thought about it and they just weren't necessarily that engaged. They hadn't really, you know, they just kind of walked away and didn't think about, you know, what we could have done better or what went wrong. So 
you know, they now know that I'm going to ask that question, but it's the quality of the answer that I'm getting back that's so much better. And just sort of, you know, even if it's not the 100%, it generates a discussion and people say, oh, well, we could do this or we could do that. And it's just more fun because they seem to want to be there. And I wasn't always getting that feeling. And it's more of a collaborative thing as opposed to, you know, hey, this is my great big new idea or, you know, just sort of silence on the other end. So one of the things that you've done really well, Andrea, and this ties back to the question that Mike asked you earlier, is you seek input from other entrepreneurs. You have multiple coaches. And so you don't give up when things don't go right you go to your people and you say, and your people being the people that you rely on for experience sharing and just wisdom sharing from the the trenches of small business ownership. And you say, Hey, I tried this and this is what happened. And you've gotten a lot of feedback over the years that just because you're not getting the result you expected doesn't mean you're not doing it right. And the encouragement to stick with it. I'm always in this constant, I don't know what I don't know. So I don't compare myself to other people, although my coaches might disagree with that. I am more like, wait a minute, how are they doing it? Why are they doing it that way? What do they know that I don't know? And that is, you know, because I'm working really hard here and, you know, trying to move the needle and trying to grow the business. And, you know, it's, you know, you just got to keep asking questions and keep sort of digging in and figuring out what is the missing piece and how can I keep going? And, you know, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times, you know, you're never going to be done. (laughs) Nothing is ever done. You get past (laughs) one thing and then you get to another hurdle and then you just keep going. That's an awesome point. And as I'm sitting here listening to you and, uh, you know, I mean, it really is inspirational and I think it's important to acknowledge that you've obviously put a lot of hard work into, you know, developing the hiring process and who you want your, you know, what your company is, what it stands for, and then surrounding yourself by those employees. And I think it's important for people, you know, there's a lot of, you've been talking about a lot of granular things that are specific to your business. And I think it's important for others as they're listening to this to realize that it's important to work on yourself as the entrepreneur and the business owner to learn those skills on how to hire the best and surround yourself by a group of people that are going to be there with you through the change. And Sabrina and I have talked about this in the past and and it's, you know, embracing change and understanding that things are going to change in a positive way, always somehow, some way leads to additional clarity. And it's the clarity that keeps the peace and makes things calmer. Right. So I can just hear in your voice, you know, and we haven't spoken in a while, but, you know, there's just the calmness around your employees now and what the process looks like. And sure, you know, it would be lame if a couple people quit or they left and you'd have to go back and say, oh, well, now I have to find a couple other people or I'm growing and I have to find people. And it's not always necessarily a fun task that entrepreneurs like to do, but you've assembled all these tools now and progressed yourself in an amazing way. You know, it really is inspirational just, you know, as I'm listening to you and it's, uh, you should be really proud of it. It really is something special to get to those other levels. Thank you. That's really nice to hear. I mean, I do occasionally think it was just a little bit of luck and I don't know if it's, if I can keep repeating it, but I do feel like I have a little more structure around it, right? So flexibility is at our core is one of my immutable laws. So I know that I'm 
wanting my team to be flexible all the time. I'm being flexible with them. I want them to understand that, you know, as we move forward, there's going to be something new every day and that it's going to be, you know, maybe they're going to have to learn something new or change how they do something and just, you know, that they've got to be okay with that and understand that, you know, it's a process and, you know, growing is not always so easy, right? But saying stagnant is not fun either. So yeah, no, it's definitely having a good team, having a team that works well together, that really truly has fun on the job is amazing. And immutable laws are, you kind of get back to mission, vision, purpose, all of that kind of stuff. And it's really hard for an entrepreneur to kind of articulate that because we don't work side by side with other entrepreneurs in our same industry. So I have a really hard time knowing how I am different. And my coaches like are constantly saying, well, I don't think other people do that. And I'm like, but how do you know? And so, you know, I don't know what makes me different and how I do my job and what we bring to the table. And that's the hardest part, I think, because, you know, I don't know the inner workings of other professional organizing businesses. So it's hard for me to get that information this is a mic drop moment because this is really what we all grapple with. And you summarized it beautifully. We don't work side by side with others in our industry. So we don't really know how we're different and we need that outside feedback from outside of us, how other people see us and how our clients experience us. And that's, I know you've pumpkin planned the heck out of your business. Um, Donna Lyons is a good friend of yours. She's taken you through the process early on. You've, I think you've pumpkin planned multiple times. And the feedback from top clients about how they see you is different. Oftentimes when we read that in those wish list interviews as the business owner, we just kind of nod along and we go, yeah, of course I do those things. No big deal. And it's the outside person, the outside coach who looks at it and says, wait, Andrea, this is huge. I remember conversations at the retreat that I would walk up on and you were in a group with other business owners and you had like three people around you saying, Andrea, pay attention here. (laughs) This is really big what you're doing. And it's that kind of spotlighting that helps us to really identify what makes us unique in our businesses. It's still hard though, just because my coach or somebody else tells me that that sounds really unique and different. It's, you know, still hard for it to land and know for a fact, because I know there are other organizers out there that, you know, are almost as good as I am. Just kidding. (laughs) Tons of organizers out there that are fantastic, fabulous, and that bring a lot of value to their clients for sure. But, you know, everybody is different. So how am I different? And I just don't know that because I am not a fly on the wall watching them do their work or interacting with their clients. And that's the challenge. So let's unpack this a little bit. What is smartly organized? What is your sweet spot? What's your value proposition? So we're the smartest move you could ever make, whether you are selling or dwelling. So we work with our clients in their homes doing home organizing. So that is if you are staying in your home and you are experiencing friction, whether it's you know in your master closet or kitchen or getting out of the house on time with your children for school or something. So dwelling, and then we really 
love the end-to-end process related to move management. So helping our clients prepare their homes for sale. How you live in your home is not how you sell your home. So preparing that process for sale, helping them get staged and ready for listing and living through that process of people coming in and out of your home on a regular basis to hopefully buy it. And then we help them with packing and the actual move management part. You know, you're typically one or two people trying to manage, you know, an entire move, which is a full-time job. And if you've already got a full-time job, that can be pretty challenging and add, you know, kids and other activities to your schedule. It's tough. So we manage that whole process, getting them from point A to point B, and then we unpack and get people settled in their new homes in a matter of days. So we literally did two this week where we unpacked and put away and organized and set up systems for people in their new homes. And, you know, most people are impatient. They want to get going. They want to start living their life. They don't like the uncertainty of not knowing where things are or where to put things. So we help with that process. As you describe that, like you have a clear grasp of the psychographic profile of your top clients. You described pain points and areas of frustration, and you said you remove friction. You described their, you know, what they deal with during a move and what they want on the other side. And so everything that you've done in your business caters to that. And just like the hiring and learning how to hire the best has been a process for you, getting to this point and understanding your top clients has also been a process because years ago, you weren't so clear on that. I remember you told me, I have all kinds of clients and they have all kinds and I help organize them in all kinds of different ways. But now you have really narrowed that and defined it very clearly. So as we wrap up, could you speak some to the intersection of how it's helped you to know your sweet spot as you are building a team and what that's about? Sure. So, you know, every client is different, but every project has a lot of the same similar aspects. So we've done a lot of systemization. So we know exactly what the process when we're preparing a home for sale, what we have to do when we can go in and sort of transform a house in, you know, very short order. And we know that that's going to include, you know, ABC, XYZ. And most of our clients have no clue what they need to do. And then we know the next phase is, you know, the whole getting them settled. So it's just adding systemization and doing it over and over and over again, but customizing it as needed for the clients. You know, we have clients that have things going to four different places or coming from three different places, or, you know, they want to be involved, but they don't want to be involved. I mean, we just have to, you know, manage all those nuances around, you know, the systems we've put in place. And if everybody knows the process, which the team does, it's very easy for us to adjust to those particulars of the client project because, you know, we've talked about it. We've put the steps into place. We've written our SOPs, standard operating procedures, and we share them. And we just kind of do the same thing over and over again, but, you know, tailored to our clients. So that's the important part because nobody is the same. Everybody's process is different and we have to meet them where they are. I mean, that's a beautiful description because what you've worked on is becoming an employer of choice and really being able to attract the best to your business. And it creates such peace and order for team members to get to go to work. And when they are working for you, they need to be ready because they're going to be in a different environment, possibly every single day. 
And at the same time, you're providing a lot of consistency with the structure that you've built in. And so people feel safe, supported, secure. They know what's expected of them, even though their environment is different every single day. And you're purposely hiring people who thrive in those situations. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's the beauty of what we do every day. It's something different. It's a new client, it's a new project, but it's, you know, there's similarities, right? So people feel comfortable and they know what to do, but it's also, you know, there are challenges and it's not just, you know, same old, same old sitting in a cubicle. So one of the things that Stacey Seguin has drilled in with me as she's interviewed me about some of the chapters in the How to Hire the Best book, she's asked me, well, somebody, does somebody need to pumpkin plan their business first before they hire? And my answer has been, no, you don't need to pumpkin plan first before you hire, but why wouldn't you? Because it's going to be a much more efficient process once you know the sweet spot of the business and you can hire around it. And that's really, you know, as we look at some of the experiences you've had through the years, before you had your sweet spot clearly defined, you had team members who weren't quite the right fit. And so it makes it easier to hire the right fit people when you have that sweet spot clearly defined. So those two go hand in hand. I agree. Yeah, definitely figuring out, you know, what your business is and who you are is important because then you can hire around it. I think the wish list interviews from pumpkin planning are really incredibly valuable and to be repeated on a regular basis. I think just getting testimonials from clients is very informative and helpful. I mean, yes, it's great to get, you know, five-star reviews, talking with clients and getting feedback from them and being okay. You got to have a thick skin if people are not always happy, but it's to me, I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Tell me what we could have done better or what didn't go right or what you expected versus what we provided. So it's that constant process of improvement. And, you know, you bring up testimonials. One of the things that is so helpful about testimonials is it tells us what our top clients are paying attention to, because we can do all kinds of things. You can do all kinds of things for somebody in the process of a move. And those things may not have an impact. When you get those testimonials, you're hearing the one or two things, the significant pieces that really had the biggest impact And because they're top clients, you can be pretty confident that other top clients pay attention to those things as well. And when you improve those things, then your business gets stronger and you attract better and better quality clients. And so you said, repeat those wish list interviews regularly. I just want to underscore that exclamation point behind it. Because once you pumpkin plan your business, your business is going to grow rapidly. You're going to attract higher and higher quality clients. And every year you're up-leveling essentially. And so it's important to know who those top clients are so that you can keep hiring around that sweet spot. There's so much in what you've shared with us, Andrew, today. And I hope you are owning how much you have worked on your business, the on the business piece and the impact that it's had. It's really incredible. It's a joy to kind of celebrate this with you at this point. It is. You know, there's so much relief in knowing that I have, you know, I want to grow my team and I want more. I told the girls that work for me just like three days ago, I'm like, I just need, you know, more of you, exactly you just times, you know, three. 
So they know it and it is a great relief. I do think there's lots to do still. And I couldn't have gotten here without the support of my coaches and the other entrepreneurs that I know that are so giving of their time because I'm always like lagging behind, I think, and always feel like, uh, you know, all these businesses are so much bigger and I never, you know, really it's all in my head because that's not how anyone makes me feel. And they're always willing to share. And that's the important thing. You have to surround yourself with people that understand what's going on. And many of those have been on the Profit by Design podcast. And I think that I just want to acknowledge those folks because, Everyone is so willing to share their learning in the school of hard knocks and to support other entrepreneurs coming up. And it feels like they may be coming up behind, but it's really not behind because we all are have different learnings that we have to do in different places in our business. So I appreciate you, Andrea, tremendously for coming on today and being willing to share this, for being part of the community of the Tap the Potential family of business owners who are applying these things and experimenting and telling me, Hey, Sabrina, that did not work. (laughs) Or this piece that worked really well, because that's how I ended up with the latest edition of the book is I've constantly pulled out. This is what works. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, you'll be in it. So how to hire the best.com is where you can get all the details about the book. We have a quiz to help you figure out if you are ready to hire your A players. You can go to how to hire the best.com forward slash quiz for that. Mike, as we go out, do you have any parting words with Andrea? Yep. I'd just like to say again, you know, the positivity around the change and your confidence and your clarity is really inspirational. And for other people listening, you know, please know, you know, Andrea is definitely proof that putting in the hard work to hire the best people and, you know, just to constantly work on it is super important. And if you put the time and the effort in towards making the change, you'll see the results. Yes. Agreed. Well, thank you both. Thank you, Dr. Sabrina. Thank you, Mike. It was great to talk to you both. Thank you. Profit Designers, that was such an inspiring story. Listening to Andrea speak about her experience with bringing on team members just once again underscores to me the value of us entrepreneurs learning what it takes to hire the best. And really, it's not hard to do it. It's just that if we follow traditional hiring practices, we're not set up to have success in hiring. And that is why I wrote the How to Hire the Best book series. And that That is my inspiration for the How to Hire the Best course. I want to show you how you can become an employer of choice to attract the A players you want on your team. The course is coming up in February. The registration deadline is rapidly approaching. To find out more and get registered, go to tapthepotential.com forward slash course. Thank you for spending time with us today. Join our conversation in the Profit by Design podcast Facebook group. Share your thoughts on today's episode, ask us questions, and let us know what you want to hear about next. Visit our website at ProfitByDesignPodcast.com to access resources from our sponsors and tools we've created for you. Subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to right now. There's a subscribe button right there. Go ahead and hit it so that you always get a notification when we release a new episode. And finally... Share our podcast with a friend if you know a friend who would enjoy it. Thanks again for listening. This is Real Life Business. Keep your chin up. Keep moving forward. You got this.